Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real, and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. Um, You're going to hear tonight from Pastor Natalie, who is in the house this morning, and um, her amazing uh, armor bearer, Jordan, who is also in the house. And just just again, who um, this conference, the divine friendships that have happened over the weekend. I pray, uh, my husband always says, there's destiny on the other side of a handshake or a hug, and um, I just pray that you experience that in some way. Um, I am so excited because when Pastor Miriam asked me to be part of the weekend, um, she had no idea because I'd kept it fairly, um, just fairly to myself over the last season that after 25 years of believing, I would release a book and start to write and maybe some publications in that way with words that um, she had no idea. And she said, would you just come and be part of this weekend? I was coming anyway, that um, at the same time as I heard what this weekend was called about boldness, I was actually in the finishing stages of writing a 21-day devotional called She Lives Bold. And so it's just gonna come up on the screen. It's just a wait list right now, but if any of the girls in the house would love to just journey, I've done it, I've taken over a thousand women it over the last 10 years, 11 years actually, but I've never put it on paper. And so I really feel like this is the season to contend for what is rightfully yours, to contend for it. When when it's not necessarily what you, um, for some of you, the sense I get is this is not um, about something that was Uh, missing from your life, but something that was rightfully yours that just hasn't come into your possession yet. For us, I studied this when a a major, major season of disappointment was happening in our life 11 or 12 years ago, and inheritance that was promised to us in the millions never came. Um, Life was kind of happening. Things were being... um, you know, promise and then not being delivered on in a whole lot of ways. And the Lord clearly said to me, go and study what inheritance truly is, because it's not the money that was promised to you by your father-in-law. It's not. It's something else. And as I studied and studied and studied, the breakthrough happened in me. And then I realised that all the way through the Scriptures, where our inheritance lies, in that, once you understand that, comes more and more that is promised to you, not just for you, but for others through you. Amen? And so you can just have a look at that. With that, what I really sensed Um, In this season, I have the honour and the privilege of coming alongside some of the team here and some other people in this house for coaching. See, in my world, I have a background in counselling, but I love the local church. And the Holy Spirit clearly told me years ago after moving like high up through um, 
psychology at Sydney University. Um, not many people could get into that course at the time. When he asked me to lay that down and then move more into Christian counselling, he, I was going that direction and then the Lord called me full-time into leadership ministry in the local church because I love the local church. And here's the thing I wanna say to you. Whoever you bring into your life as voices, they need to complement your calling. They need to always have your calling at the forefront of anyone that works with you. Now, if it's a doctor with that absolute profession um, and gift on their life, it's up to you to take their information and put it in the context of your calling. They tell you to take medication, take medication. Unless the Holy Spirit says opposite and then you do that with wisdom in um, conversation with your doctor. But basically, you wanna make sure voices are always coming into your world in the context of your calling. So I just have for right now, as I've moved and set up a ministry here in the USA, it's just kind of happened in the last uh, week or two as I support my family and our church planting Endeavour again. I've just made available just some discounts for those in Church Alive that might want some coaching. And the reason why I've chosen to call it coaching and not counselling is because when you can have a solution focused approach to what is going on in your world and your growth and you're going to also see so much breakthrough and so let it be complementary to pastoral wisdom planted in a local church doctors professionals and if coaching can help then um, I'd love to serve some of you in that way so there's some um, ideas some discounts for you you can dm me because my um, website is down because that's what happens when you pioneer and you do everything on your own so (laughs) It's okay, it's okay. So I have a word, I have a word for this house. And my, I, the passion I have is to come alongside vision in someone's life, dreams that maybe God is speaking to them about. I'm married to a visionary, married to an apostolic. So I am like your pastor, Miriam, much more like, okay, how can we make that happen? And I've sat in these, this weekend and I've, I do a lot of life with um, this church, this house, this team. And I really sense you are on the threshold. And when um, something is declared over your pastors, it's never just declared over your pastors. It's declared over all those who would call this house home. And so what's been prophesied over this um, church of late, even if you're brand new today, it's promises that you get to then take into the context of your own life and walk them out. And my passion is to connect that, help make the connection for you between what is happening in your world and what is happening in your local church. So the first thing we would love to do, and Pastor Katie, who um, just so leads with such grace in this house, we talked about it, and we just want to show you the prophecy for this one o'clock service that Pastor Havila just had over your pastors in the last service. You're going to want to watch the whole message if you weren't here, but we're just going to show it, and then I want to unpack it as you're listening for you. So the first thing I want you to do as you listen to this prophecy right now is I want you to replace Pastor Miriam and Anthony maybe with something the Holy Spirit wants to say about you in this prophetic word. Will you do that right now? So let's turn and just have a look at it. Of your Pastor Anthony, and I felt the Lord 
that you actually are called to raise up other spiritual athletes. And I felt like there was a training in your mentality, how you have thought about life, how you have equipped yourself, how you have systematically grown your gifts. I feel like the Lord withheld a lot of fast movement intentionally because he wanted you to find your rhythm, find your strengths, and then be able to gather people and train them and equip them in the specialties that you have. You know where, where, how you're, you're strong side. You know what kind of thing works. You don't you know it doesn't work. And I felt the Lord say all those things that you were learning, all that muscle memory is going to come into play in the next season. And I felt like there's going to be an equipping center here that both, you, you, both of you are going to do. And I felt like for you, you were going to teach discipline. You were going to teach vision. You were going to teach how to grow your life in God and how to start small and go big. And I felt for Pastor Miriam that you were the pastoral. You were going to be the heart of it. So he was going to be the brains and you were going to be the heart. You were going to go, but this is how you love people and this is how you build people up. And it was like this perfect mix between, you know, get it together, but also we love you. And there was like this perfect <laughs> little mix. And the Lord has done it. And I, thought, I saw you guys, um, you, might, you guys, people don't know, but if, it's almost like if we were to see you in the spirit, it's like you both are, are Olympic athletes. You're sitting up here and it looks like, oh great, they're doing their thing. But people don't know that you've been training for dec a decade, if not two decades, and you have been working and working and working your gifts and your calling and your strengths. And the Lord says that, that he's so proud of your diligence He's so proud of that you fought for what you knew. Uh, you know, Anthony, you're a visionary. Your wife told me that, so that's good, not prophetic. But I saw over you, you're a visionary. And when you saw a seed, you knew it could grow. And you fought hard. And I, I even could see you having conversations where you were saying, no, I know we're supposed to do I can see it. it's going to be built. And I could see you going, well, I don't know. Like, how's it all going to work out? And you're like, I don't know. I just know it. And I saw you dig your heels in in the spirit. I saw you put your heels in and go, no, I'm not moving. And there's something profound that happened in you and through you. And when God knew he could trust you, that you would not run when it got hard, but you would stay true to what he called you to, I saw you were flourishing like a seed that falls to the ground. If it does not die, it does not bear fruit. And that is what's happened in your life. I saw seeds falling to the ground. They were kind of dying and you're going, okay, God. And then all of a sudden they were coming up and they were flourishing. And I saw people coming to both of you and saying, how do you grow? How do you build? And you were like, do you want to die? And it was this kind of sense of like, whatever you think it, it is, it's not. Whatever you imagine it is, it's not. It's, it is day in and day out. Do the thing that he asked you to do every single day until you build a history in him. And so I just want to encourage you that God is so proud of you. You took a risk this weekend and you're a risk-taking woman. And I just felt like there's just expansion coming to both of you. But you're not going to get kids. You're going to get brothers and sisters. There's something happening in the atmosphere where God's going to start bringing more brothers and sisters your way, people that can carry heavier loads and carry more. And so I felt the Lord say, get ready. People are even going to relocate to be a part of Church Alive. And so I just submit that to you. Come on, why don't we just really honor the Lord and his voice and your pastors. Come on, can we just love on your pastors for a minute? You know, what I feel today, and I know that so many guests and new people, particularly at a one o'clock service here as well, 
And some that may or may not have been part of a weekend or this is a new environment for you. But I have been part of a church like this growing up on a tipping point, on a threshold. And it's never just for a few people. It's for everyone that calls a house home. But as we grow in an environment like this, Different personalities love that and other personalities want to make reasons why it's not for them anymore. And I know the heart of your pastors is that everyone would cross a threshold with them. That this, a weekend like this, a season like this, the ending of a year like this would become a threshold that you would mark in your life and in your heart as I'm not going back. I am not going backwards. I I am part of this place. God has brought me here for all the glorious reasons we will hear how you even got into this place, into this family. And so I want to speak a word over you and say, Church Alive, it's time to take new ground. It's time to take new ground. Lucas, thank you for putting that video together, everything that your whole team has done in this like weekend is stunning. And so just even doing that, the cost of just those moments, thank you. Um, There is someone who, uh, all weekend, there was just a prompting to have a a moment with a word for, and um, you have dreadlocks (laughs) right here. Um, What's your name? H, okay, H. Nice to, I'm going to say it like an Australian, H. H, H. is that how, what are we, is, which way is it? I've forgotten now, I've been here for so long. Actually, the French thing too says it differently. But um, uh, all weekend, just walking past you in that front row, I felt like, I didn't know I was going to speak this word, but the Lord kept saying to tell you it's time to take new ground. And then literally like this morning, in my, the whole message was shifting for me about what I would speak over this church today. And so all the Lord wants to know and wants to tell you is listen. Just listen today, okay? For whatever reason that is for you. So um, Joshua 1, if you have your Bibles, it'll just be part of the text that I want to teach into today. And Joshua 1 says, after the death of Moses, everyone say death of Moses. I don't know what's died in your life, but sometimes it takes a death, like this prophetic word said, for for new life to happen. I don't know, Pastor Miriam whispered about the wildflowers at the end of that video and how wildflowers come at the end of a fire. Beauty can come from so much loss, change, grief. We all know collective grief has hit the earth in ways that it never has before. And that collective grief can um, uh, amplify other areas of loss in our life. Would you agree with that? And so um, right now, the servant of the Lord who Joshua thought was going to inherit the promised land with him, he's dead, he's died. He didn't get into the promised land. But Moses uh, is dead. And then verse 3, God says, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend. This is really important. He already in uh, Joshua, this conversation with Joshua, he already starts to show some boundary lines 
around where he will be able to start to dream, start to envision, start to see his future. And they're wide, they're wide and they're expansive. But he says, everywhere you set your foot, I will extend your territory. So be very strong and courageous and be careful to obey all the law that my servant Moses gave you. Don't ever deny this word of God and its power and authority to shape you, to mould you, to disciple you. And then the voices of strong and great and healthy leadership in your life. And in this command was to be strong and courageous. And he says this in verse 11, go through and tell the people, get your provisions ready. The three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land. The Lord your God is giving you for your own. Say my own. This is not a time to get a secondhand revelation of what is a firsthand gift that is yours right now, yours from Christ, in Christ alone, these gifts and promised land are yours. God's plan is all about advancing the kingdom and using you to do it. And so I just wanna break down three words, take, new, and ground. Can we do that? What it means to take new ground in your own life. The first one is this, take. It's an action word, take. This is not a passive word. This is not about a strong personality. This is about someone who needed courage and needed to be told so many times, be strong and courageous. This, yeah, I say life right now and kingdom life, it's not for the faint of heart. It is not, but I do believe that this is about every different type of person who would have been in that crowd of people taking this ground. It's interesting that Pastor Havilah referenced Hebrews and I just wanna reference and have it come up on the screen, Hebrews 12. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the perfecter and pioneer of our faith. The perfecter, so the pioneer, he starts it and then he perfects it. This is not just your faith. This is Jesus who takes the small amount of faith that you might have, that that is what you offer him and then he perfects it. Let us throw off everything that would so easily hinder and ensnare us in this season. You know what COVID did and this whole pandemic? It just revealed what was in people. It just revealed, it just brought right to the surface what was just in all of us. I said you either got fit or fat in in COVID. I'm not going to tell you which way I went. (laughs) But I feel like we either got spiritually fit or fat as well in COVID. (laughs) The problem is in Florida, it's either one or the other as well. Uh, Anyway... I've got to stop. Yep. Okay. So, 
It just revealed what was already within us. And to me, I'm not afraid of that. I want all that to come to the surface. I want that to be processed in a safe way and a courageous way so that I can be prepared because that's what it did. It just leveled the playing field in so many ways because God has revival in our midst. And so leveling the playing field again just made literally kingdom come in new ways, new and even innovative ways. But faith is a partnership. It's a partnership. We are co-laborers in this. You know what? If we just think it's all faith and it's all God, and I know you know this if you have been here for any longer than one week at Church Alive, this partnership, this faith without works, it's so called out in you because that's what it takes. It takes both. So what do I need to take this new ground? What am I going to need in this season? Well, you know what? You get to answer that. What does it mean to take? What does it mean? Are you someone and you're just going to um, uh, Andrew right now? I don't know why, but I've only noticed after 25 years of being, 23 years, 24 years, somewhere around there, um, that he, we go and order something and he says this to the, um, when he's ordering food, he says, oh, can I grab, I don't know, a coffee? And I've only just, after all these years, notice he says, can I grab? I'm like, it's such a weird word. Can you now like think about that? And then he says all the time though, hey, can I grab this? Can I grab the latte? Can I grab this? And then I'm like, why don't you say, I'd like, or I'll have, or... And then we started talking about all the different ways you can ask for something. Yeah. Think about it. And you know what? He's like, why is that wrong? I'm like, well, because I see the word grab, and I think grab, like, you're going to go grab it from them. And he's like, well, maybe I want it. So maybe I... And do you know my husband? Like, you can imagine him saying that. But this is it. You're going to have different language and you need language that actually aligns with you, that feels really congruent to who you are. So rename take to rename get or rename, I don't know, like grab maybe or have or whatever it is. But I'll tell you this, when God promised Moses this land and then Joshua was commissioned to lead people into it, which P.S. all of you are leaders, Every single one of you is a leader in your world. And so you have an entrusted sphere, an entrusted world of people that as you take these steps, there are other people on the other side of your yes and your faithful steps. And so when God instructs Joshua in this way, He didn't tell him right in that moment that he could take the new ground and the land that was promised, but that there would be 31 kings that he would have to defeat to get possession of that land. 31, 31 kings and so much, so many more dynamics in that battle. But what happens is if you go on and look through all these scriptures, the kings had names. 
Now, kings were meant to be set up in this time of history to actually take care of a people. They were to steward in a godly way what it meant to make life work in that particular kingdom and that particular city for the well-being of people. And so these kings' hearts were um, hardened or distorted. And so often they ended up representing the the opposite of what was meant to happen in that particular region. And God would turn that around often if you look at the stories and the name of the king and when he got defeated, what would happen in that city when you study it was stunning because God always redeems and renames and actually brings and shifts a different atmosphere even if the name over something was meant for evil. So some of these names of these kings were barrenness, isolation, poverty, oppression, rebellion, accusation, blindness, a spirit of religion. That's just to name a few of them. And these were the kings that Joshua and his people were going to need to defeat to actually walk in to that land. So Joshua 10, 7 says this, Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his entire army. This is when some of the battles were starting, including all the best fighting men. And that's a prophetic word right there, just to echo what's been prophesied over this house. The Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. I've given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. But here's the co-laboring. That was the promise, but who had to do the fighting? We do. We have to take steps. And then as we realise, okay, there is a land that the enemy hates that we want to take. He hates when he wants your marriage to get stronger. He hates when you begin to declare and prophesy into the atmosphere of your company when you go in five minutes early and start to speak things over your business. He hates when you begin to use your voice as a weapon. But then um, it goes on and it says, there was a moment though when they were weary and they were tired and they didn't know what to do and all this particular army was coming at them. And so then Joshua prayed this bold prayer and said, would you make the sun stand still? Because we can't win this, this one on our own. So see this dance, see this co-labouring. It's like, it's a promise from God. So we start the battle, we do the fighting. And then all of a sudden we don't have anything left within us. So then we say, God, would you do a creative miracle that is so impossible in the natural? And so it says here in verse 13, so the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies. Come on, do we serve a God who can stop the sun from moving, who can open barren wombs, who can change a hardened heart? Do we? Because we can't do those things. But there's a lot we can do. It's a co-labouring. So um, there's a moment in the Scriptures In Joshua 10, all these different things are happening. I'm just showing you what it means to take new ground. And five of the kings realise, oh my gosh, they're going to come after us. They're winning. And what happened is they decided to actually all 
collaborate together against the Israelites because they realise, wow, on their, own, on their own as a king, we can't maybe actually resist these, uh, these people. They weren't even armies, they were people. And so we're going to collaborate. And isn't that what happens sometimes? Those of different like spirit, those of a different um, way about their life, they start to collaborate together try and strengthen and reinforce some opposition sometimes. And I don't want you to get paranoid about this, but just notice sometimes what begins to happen. And so the Bible says here in um, Joshua 10, they, they hid in a cave and the cave was called the cave of Makedah. And it means to retreat. It means to shrink back. So these kings knew they might have been getting defeated And so they decided to hide in this cave to cause to shrink back and retreat. And they could have been left there. They could have been left there and the the people could have, the God's people could have moved on. But this is what God says to do to them. Summon them all out and then kill them, which is what he did. And then it says, put your feet on the necks of these kings. And do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. So, Sorry, I've lost my place. I'm so not a good storyteller. I'm just going to confess that. But okay, so what happens? So they shrink back. Actually, that's right. And then they come out and then they, they get the victory over them. And they could, again, they could walk away. But God says, no, I want you to get these five kings who you've just killed. And now I want you to put your feet on the necks of these kings. See, This is a bit gruesome for me. That's probably why I'm not telling it properly. And so then Joshua says, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Be strong and courageous. This is what the Lord will do to all the other enemies you're going to fight. So what he actually did was he said, it's not enough that you're defeating them. I want you to show others you're defeating them. And I want you to not just like kill them. This is disgusting. But I want you to like go and I want you to put your feet on their necks. I want you to um, chop their heads up and hang them up on trees. Sorry. As an example. I know, but there's lots of people that love that in here. So that's okay. And then as an example of the victory of what you and the Lord did. What you and the Lord did together. It's, it's to give illustrations. The testimony is a, is a prophetic declaration of God. If you could do it in them, you could do it in me. When you hear it, I want to encourage you, any testimony you hear in this season of this house, would you not have the mindset, oh, that would never happen to me. Would it be instead, would it be God, if you could do it for them, you could do it for me? Amen. When I couldn't have children and I watched everyone getting pregnant around me, God started to say, buy those people gifts. Go and celebrate what is happening in their life. So I would break off the spirit of envy, the depression that was on me, the longing I had that became idolatry, P.S. And then actually it broke something on me. Just before the team starts. I want to show you what happens in Australia with a spider. They're called huntsmen's. They're big, they're on your wall, they're everywhere. And I want you to see what this lovely family decided they would do with their huntsmen, if you have the video. 
Apparently, Australians swallowed 27 spiders in their lifetime. I don't know if they're that big, though. That's not big, no. But that's what you do. That's the, the traditional, always have an ice cream container or a plastic container around. So now look what they're so lovely doing to the spider. They just decide to let him out, to run around. <laughs> but they don't know who to, how to open up the lid. Okay, goodbye, spider. Look, now she's perfectly camouflaged and safe in nature to come right back in the house. So this is, my sister had, um, had arachnophobia, like real, like half of you, sorry for seeing that spider thing, had real arachnophobia. So I tried that sometimes. I tried like, let's just like, you know, do it all the nice way. And then I realised the best weapon I could have in my house when my sister was cowering in her bed, genuinely like fit, like having a meltdown. And my mum was out because my dad didn't live at home. I knew I needed always to have one of these. But here's the deal. When you have this, if it's on your wall, one time of missing it and it can run so fast you don't know where it is. But I would just whack and whack until then it would fall on the ground and I would just start doing this to it. Sorry, to your stage. Is it bad? Yeah. Is that better for the pain? <laughs> it's not going to kill it. <laughs> but I feel like, hey, Mag Pastor Magno's reaction, that was perfect for what people do to you when you try and go hard at the things that are holding you back and should just give you full permission instead to just go like that. <laughs> You're going to have challenges, enemies to your moving forward and your taking new ground. And the reason why God actually wanted the Israelites to do the last part of it was so that they would understand that they have an authority and they have something on their life that when they could do it there, they could do it again and other people could see as they do it. You've got to kill these things. But I'm telling you what killing looks like. Guess what killing looks like? It looks like going to a transform group. It looks like going into a safe community. It looks like confession. It looks like actually day by day developing new habits. It looks like not just saying, I'll come and get a freedom encounter, but I'll walk out my freedom. Day by day by day by day. And it might still have a leg and just be moving a little bit on the ground. 
And so you just go, oh, I didn't know that thing was still alive. Oh, I need more help. I need someone else to help me now. This is what it looks like. This is what taking new ground and growing in a community of people, because you know what? Momentum is a very, very strong deceiver of growth. Momentum is a strong deceptor for what true growth is. So when your church, as has been prophesied, is going to go from strength to strength, it can be deceptive to what true growth looks like. Because actually the heart of your pastors is not just a bigger church at all. Trust me, I know them well. It's not a bigger church. It's to see you become more like Jesus and more and more and more people encounter Him. Transformation and freedom. Transformation and freedom. And if it doesn't happen in you, then what's the point of another person? And I really believe in this season, you're either gonna just get caught up in momentum or you're gonna go, no, I'm gonna take new ground in my own life. I'm gonna take new ground. Yes, sure, we might grow in different areas of the church, but I'm gonna make sure that stays personal. So what is new for you? What is new? What parts, what are you saying? New might not just be like a new area, a new new like I'm moving to. Some of you actually, I did sense, some of you are gonna move. And relocate was an interesting prophecy. I feel the same, but new. What about if it's looking at the same situation, but in a new way? What about if it's Jesus saying, um, when the fishermen have, caught, have not caught anything, He says, go to the very same place in the same boat, just shift it a little bit to the other side. Maybe new just looks like a new way of looking at a situation. New habits. What does it look like? And then ground. What is the new ground for you? Because it's so unique. It's a place in the world that God wants your feet to go. Step by step on a bold journey forward. He wants you to take new ground. I will give you every place where you set your foot. But that means your foot has to go there. You know, it has to go, it has to ground. We were talking in our travels about what it means to ground yourself when you are in a new environment. I lived in Canada for all those years of winter and I hated not seeing the grass for so long, like six, seven months with all the snow. So I was that crazy Aussie that as the melt would happen around April, which was a false melt in April for us, I'd see a little bit of like ground. I'd take my shoes off and I'd put my feet on the ground just to feel ground. Now, I'd get a cold and a flu at that time of the year because the ground was ice. (laughs) But just that sense of grounding. What do you need to take off in this season? I'm not going to do it. What do you need to take off in this season? What do you need to take your shoes off, maybe your socks off? Feel the feet on that ground. Just ground yourself. Sometimes vision is like, oh, one day when, but ground yourself one step at a time. Because wherever your feet go is what the Lord's going to give you. Some of you, your feet have gone somewhere and then you went, "Ah, 
no, 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 no. I don't deserve it. It's not for me. It's for so-and-so. It's like you've taken your foot back out, put your foot back there again. And I want to pray over you. I really want to pray. I want to pray for those who specifically feel like every time a word comes or a promise comes, every time that happens, you think this could never happen for me. Just specifically, would you close your eyes? If that's you right now, this is, this is like, I don't deserve it. I'm unworthy. I feel inadequate. I've got imposter syndrome. Guess what? On your own, you are. But with Christ, you're not. If that's you, lift your hand up all over this place. Heaven, come down. Invade. Right now, hearts, minds, spirits, I pray. Pour courage, 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 I pray. Ears to hear in a new way that these people would not feel like they're lost in a crowd, but instead would have personal encounters with you. Show them things, speak to them the same way their pastors would just prophesied over. Would you speak so clearly to each of them in this season? The voice of the living Word, the voice of an encourager. God, would you do it to all of us, I pray in Jesus' Name. And would you protect this church as it endeavours as a community and a family to take this new ground? Would you keep your eyes closed and your head bowed? I started my, my t- today, this conversation with you. I started it talking about what we lost, the potential of what was ours that we didn't get, that we thought was rightfully ours in an inheritance. Then I said this, your inheritance though is in Christ Jesus. Some of you in this room may never have had a chance to encounter Jesus. Jesus, and you might go, what does it mean to have my inheritance in Jesus? It means that you find salvation, freedom, healing, deliverance, favour in Jesus Christ. All the longings of your heart are satisfied in Him. And if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Saviour and the lover of your soul, if you've never experienced Him like that, I'm gonna pray a prayer. And when I pray that prayer, I'd love to include you in it. This church loves when people encounter Jesus for the first time or in a fresh way. I'm gonna count to three and if you say, Vanessa, that's me. I'm gonna be praying that prayer out loud when we all do. Because I know I need Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Saviour. I'm coming home into a relationship with Him. Can you count to three? Lift your hands if that'll be you. One, two, three. Amazing. All over this place, 10, 10, 15 hands are up. Why don't we all pray together, church? Dear Lord Jesus, I thank You for loving me, for dying on the cross, for my freedom. I ask You to forgive me of all of my sin and transform me with the help of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' Name, may this be for Your glory and for my good. Amen. Amen. We love you, Church Alive. Big hugs.
Tiere an. 